0: Welcome to another episode of Who's Your Band? My name is Sean Morton. Uh, Again, for another week in a row, my co-host is not here. So I have my good friend Brian Colburn from the Playlist Wars podcast filling in for Jeffrey. How are you doing, Brian? Doing great, man. Thanks for having me back. And why don't you introduce our guest for this week?
1: Oh, I'm very excited about tonight's guest. We have with us Jizzy Pearl, who's now yes. singing The Quiet Riot and from Love Hate Fame. Jizzy, thanks for joining us, man.
2: Yes, love, hate, fame. Uh, good to be here. good to be here. Better late than never, guys.
0: uh listen, it's 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 hard being a rock star, Jizzy. Let's just get that out of the way.
2: I don't know any rock stars, so I, I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to uh, go with your word on that.
0: <laughs> so, where'd you grow up, man?
2: Uh, well, I was born in Chicago, and um, moved out to uh, L.A. I don't know fourth or fifth grade or something, and then lived in the San Fernando Valley.
0: Pretty okay much so you're pretty much the... a life route in California then
2: yeah, yeah,
0: okay. what were your uh, what, were, what were some of the bands that you just listened to when you were uh, when you were growing up before you decided to be uh jump you know jump feet first into the uh, rock and roll world?
2: Well, just all the all the uh all the greats, you know my 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 uh eight track collection at the time was uh Led Zeppelin, physical graffiti, Aerosmith, Rocks. Uh I had a progressive side with the Yes and the Genesis. I had some Jethro Tull which I really liked. Uh Aqualung obviously and and other records. And uh you know, Black Sabbath and uh The Who and uh Pink Floyd of course.
0: I I still say that uh the three albums in a row from Pink Floyd, which is what animals wish You were here in Dark Side guess those three in a row is probably the three greatest albums in a row by one specific artist.
2: Yeah, I was into the Zeppelin, uh, especially Physical Graffiti and uh, and Aerosmith. I mean, Get Your Wings and Rocks are amazing <laughs> records. Big time. It's why. Really? Why? Why do people make the best music when they're fucked up?
0: it's because it's because the mind is open and you're willing to let the things that you may want to hold on to just let it all out.
2: I mean, Joe Perry's up in his spare bedroom blowing guns off and stuff and they're all fucking high on Coke and stuff. And yet they made that amazing record. It's just, it's just funny to me. It's, it's funny.
0: And now the, now these days there's kids that are just sitting on a computer typing beats on their, on their computers and they're, you know, they're worried about their Adderall and their pumpkin spice lattes. And these people were wow. literally doing coke off strippers assholes. And they were recording <laughs> well, the greatest music of all time
2: there. The difference between then and now uh, is that in the back in my day, you had to do like people ask me, you know, how did you make it? Well, a million gigs, yeah, a million Nine hundred ninety-nine thousand shitty ones and then you know you get your record deal and and then you know things start to slowly get better but nobody these days seems to have the attention span to to give it years you know what i mean like facebook will give you months you know well if this band doesn't get signed in three months you know i'm out of here because uh because i'm just too amazing a talent On Facebook, you know, I mean, just check out my likes, you know, it's just before the Internet and Facebook, you really just it was more organic and and people, I don't know, it was just a better time for music, in my opinion.
0: I I agree with that, too. But on the flip side, I I do like the fact that artists now are putting out singles, so you're not Mm -hmm. waiting three years for a whole album. And if you have a specific artist that you like, like we were just talking before off camera about Guns N' Roses putting out their first song in 26 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. Not the greatest song in the world, but we also don't have to wait another five years for them to put an album out. You still get a little bit of taste of of new music, but it's good and bad because, again, you can have these flash in a pan artists who have one song and they can Mm -hmm. make $15 million off this one song too.
2: Yeah, but that's, that's like winning the lottery. I mean, that hardly ever happens. Um, I think that the single thing is, is paying homage for the streaming. You know what I mean? Oh, you're getting streams and stuff. It's just, you know, the, the record companies made a Faustian deal with uh, Spotify to pay their artists nothing yeah. and people get to get the music and the artists get shafted yet again.
0: I remember one of the guitar players from Trivium posted a picture and said, it's something to the effect of like 180 million streams. And here's my check. And it was like $47.
2: It's just, I mean, back in the day, record companies fucked bands over and took their publishing and it was just an accepted thing. It was, um, you know, quiet riot signed a bad record deal, but if they hadn't assigned that deal, they probably, you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's the double you have to make a deal to get forward but sometimes it takes you out of you know there's just it, it's it's a hard business to make a living off of so if you can make a living off it you just count your blessings you know you just go fuck i mean i'm actually paying bills with music how amazing is that yeah
1: i wanted to drop in here because we're talking about how times have changed now and Jiz, you had the chance like i said earlier of love hate fame because i am a fan of both blackout and the red room and wasted in america Mm. i love both of those albums from that era and they still to me are still extremely strong albums i would love to know because you've had experience at both the major And the independent level because blackout in the red room and wasted in America were put out on Columbia records and the new album that you're working on that you've dropped a few singles from is coming out on golden robot, which is at the independent scene. I'd love to know what the difference you feel is working with the major label versus working with an independent such as that and but with the timing has changed as well, because we're not in 1990 anymore. So I'd love to hear what we're your not. thoughts are. <laughs> I wish we were, but we're not sadly.
2: Fuck. <laughs> um, well, lots of differences, um, but they have to do with the times. Let's just say 1990 bands, record companies paid for bands for, tr- for tour support, basically and you got to be on a bus and you got to tour and you went into massive debt but that was part of the game as well you know what i mean uh the record company would assume a certain amount of debt to risk as far as pushing your record and stuff like that so in my time in love hate columbia records gave us just years of touring i mean i toured off the blackout record for 10 months straight. I came back. I didn't even remember where I lived because I'd been gone so long. And, you know, Europe with Aussie, Europe with Skid Row, arenas and stadiums with ACDC and DO and it, you know, it goes on and on and on. So what they give you is that hammer of the gods glory rock and roll fantasy that, 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 you know made you want to do it in the first place the payoff for the decade of poverty and struggling and eating shit and having your parents think you're a joke and you know uh but that was then they don't do that anymore record labels if there even are any they don't give the money because they know that people don't buy records you know what i mean so they 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 assume that so instead of giving you filet mignon, they give you like a White Castle <laughs> burger. Mm-hmm. And as far as Golden Robot goes, they're a small independent label. But um, my experience with them, and again, I mean, it's we're just starting the relationship. But I did do a Frontiers record before this, so I'm I'm assuming it's along similar, you know, boundaries. You know, they they do what they do. They they don't give you tour support. They give you money to make a record, which is cool. And they market it as best they can, given the Internet. You know what I mean? You're not going to get full page ads and spin magazine or anything like that. You're going to get what they can give you and your record's going to do what it's going to do. But I would say that one of the best things about the Golden Robot experience for me is that they let they let me alone when they, they gave me the money for the record and they weren't in my shit every five minutes wanting to hear demos, wanting to hear songs, wanting to make sure that they made the right decision. You know, the record company thinks you're moving in the wrong direction, you know what I mean? Which happens a lot, it, you know, especially back then. I mean, the record company calls you and they say jump and you say how high, you know what I mean? Because because you're owned by them. But Golden Robot let me alone and trusted that I would make a good record. And um, and when I delivered it, you know what I mean? Everyone was happy, including me. You know what I mean? Freedom to be able to do what you want and confidence and trust are. I guess that's based on the fact that I've made so many records. You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. I'm not some new artist that's just going to go reggae, like, off to left field. You know what I mean? They pretty much know what they're going to get. They're going to get the the Jizzy Voice, the ACDC, you know, Nails on the Chalkboard, and, you know, Four Chord Rock.
1: Well, oh, the one thing I, th- I think that's interesting, because with Love Hate, I always felt that there was a diversity to the music where you'd get a song well, like was. Blackout in the Red Room and then you'd get a song like Don't Fuck With Me, which mm-hmm. was very much sounding like that song that you would write when you're sitting on the tour bus, just having to jam with your friends. Uh, does the new album kind of contain that kind of diversity like you had on the earlier albums? I would say it doesn't. The thing about
2: Love Hate, and I'm saying the original four guys is that all of us had different influences and all of us had different input. And um, that's why Blackout in the Red Room kind of sounds like three different bands. You know what I mean? You've got your Jane's Addiction, and then you've got your Flea Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. and then you've got your ACDC, but it's all sort of tied together by the loud guitars and drums, and my vocals, which are you know up there, so uh, different influences when you got four guys, four four Napoleons, everybody wanting to you know make sure that their part gets in the song, and you know what I mean, and then all the fighting and the <laughs> the throwing of bottles ensues. Um, but that's probably why those records sound so diverse is that. We were, uh, um, we were, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? We were, there was, there was a, a a volatile brew of guys Mm. and, and that creativity comes from the volatility like it does with a lot of bands. I mean, the police fought all the time. That's why their music is so good.
0: That's one of the things I loved about uh, doing the changeover from being a musician to a stand-up comedian, is that you can always blame something on somebody else in the band, like whether or not <laughs> yeah. your drummer, your drummer fucks but, up the drum fill. Okay, he busted his snare drum. Well, that's why we fucked up. But now, now when I'm on stage, if I fuck up, it's all on me, no matter well, what. And, it is.
2: and and my my records are, I mean, for want of a better word, solo records. I mean, I write everything so i'm in the same boat as you you know what i mean if if the song sucks it's no one's fault but mine or the mix or the production you know what i mean yeah
0: like for me it's like if it's the audience if it's the lighting if it's the sound there's a there's a couple of variables to it but in the end it really is all on us
2: well yeah if your jokes
0: suck (laughs) oh they do trust me they really (laughs) do Awesome.
1: <laughs> so Jizzy, you've been in uh, a lot of bands over the years, a bands that I am a fan of. Right now you're singing with Quiet Riot. You did a stint with Adler's Appetite, LA Guns, Rat. And the one thing I've always appreciated about you as a vocalist is you've always found this perfect balance of staying true to the original band's vision of the song, but yet you're bringing your own personality to these songs that you're performing, I'm kind of curious, is that something that you set out to do uh intentionally, or does it just fall naturally into place as you're performing with these artists
2: it's um It's just me trying to do the best I can. I mean, I listen to the music, I listen to the songs, and I just try and do them the best i can and and um that's that's all I do. I mean, you know, it's going to sound like me to, and no matter what band I'm in, you know what I mean? I have a distinctive voice. So uh, it just so happens that, that my voice can hit those quiet riot notes, you know what I mean? And those LA guns notes and stuff like that. So, and, and Adler, the GNR up there too. So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just, I, I pull it off.
0: What was your, uh, could you pick your worst gig that you've had so far? You mean today? (laughs) Like, is there one, like just stinker gig? Like whether it was just like the crowd really sucked.
2: I would love to be able to tell you that there was just one. (laughs) Um, there's, I've had, I mean, I started out playing back, uh, Parties in people's living rooms when I was a teenager, you know what I mean? Playing Sweet Home Alabama and Freebird in someone's living room for beer money. I mean, those gigs were terrible. Those gigs were awful. You know, somebody puts out a cigarette in your beer and you take a sip off of it. Oh, you know what I mean? No. I mean, there were bad gigs. And good gigs, and wonderful gigs, and amazing gigs. So, the, to answer your question, there just there were lots and lots of ups and downs, and um, I can't specifically tell you one gig that has so traumatized me or scarred me that that I can't. You know, maybe I've just maybe I've just um, wiped it from my memory. I don't know. But uh that's that's the essence of rock and roll. I mean, Angus Young has bad gigs, you know. Yeah. when I played with those guys in San Francisco at the Cow Palace, somebody threw a shoe at Brian Johnson and, and clocked him in the head. You know what I mean, I mean, Brian Johnson gets hit with a shoe, and I escape unscathed. you know <laughs> it's just it's just it's bad luck
1: well uh, on a serious uh, kind of a sadder note this week kind of marks the one-year anniversary of Frankie Benali's passing. And I did want to talk about some of the quiet Riot stuff with you, namely the album that you recorded with the band quiet riot 10. I'd love to know about that experience and working with Frankie and the rest of the band on that album. And now working with the band again, as you, when you rejoined from 2019 on, I'd love to hear mm-hmm. about how the album kind of how the album recording went and then being back in the band now to revisit those songs as well as the band's storied career and as well as some love hate songs in the, uh, in the fall too. Well, um,
2: when I first joined the record that, that record was already done and, uh, I just went in and sang over it. And, and to be honest with you, I didn't know those guys and it was just here are the songs. I mean, I did, I changed it and made it a little bit more singable for me, but, uh, and then that, so, so now Quiet Riot, as it is in 2021, has drum tracks from Frankie that we're building songs off of. And, um, and I'm, I'm going to guess that Rudy's going to come in and play, you know what I mean? So it's, it's going to be more cohesive that way. So there's some songs being written right now, back and forth, uh, between me and Alex that, that, you know what I mean? We're just sort of doing the telephone tag thing. And, uh, that's kind of, so, so that's kind of where we are in 2021. We're gonna, we're, we're working on new music and, uh, it'll probably be out. I don't know, maybe next year, I guess.
0: Now is Johnny Kelly playing drums with you?
2: Uh, Johnny Kelly's playing drums for us, but I think that this record that is being worked on will be mostly Frankie on drums. Oh, wow. Okay. You know what I mean, so, I mean, you know, the drum tracks are killer and we're building stuff around it and, um, it's kind of
0: it. Very cool.
1: So along with, uh, music, you've also written and self-published several books.
0: Oh,
2: yes,
1: yes, the books. And uh, the three books. of them once called I Got More Cricket Than Friends, Unhappy Excellent. Endings, and Angst for the Memories. Right. <laughs> I would love to know, because I'm a big music nerd, and I, I have written several albums and recorded some albums myself, and I know about the creative mindset that goes into recording music. I would love to know, from an artist's standpoint... Can you talk about the mindset that you have when you sit down to write books versus telling a story in your song lyrics, which are two totally different types of expression?
2: Well, there's a lot of differences. Uh, Songwriting is structured along a traditional formula that you adhere to. I mean, you're not going to at least, I mean, when I was a kid and I was listening to Dio records, all my songs were about dragons, but uh nowadays nowadays, I just kind of write about stuff that I see, observational stuff that i you know songs for my wife, you know what I mean? love songs for her and 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 so she won't hate me um, <laughs> and uh, as far as book writing, I've always been like a creative writer. You know, I mean, remember in school, creative writing class yep. and, and you know, write a seven page essay about, you know, whatever. I mean, I was into it at the time because I was stoned all the time. <laughs> so I could get stoned and I could write, you know, a magnificent story and then, you know, turn it in. And it was imaginative and it was weird and creepy. Maybe not with the English teacher thought it was going to be but my humor and my imagination can do crazy things in a short story because you can do anything you want i guess what i'm saying is there's no boundaries you tell the characters what to do they pick up the knife and they start stabbing you know they'll they'll do whatever you want as long as the story's a good story and it's got a beginning middle and end and a, you know and it's a good story you know it's it's not shitty so my books are half short stories fiction in a sort of a dark h.p lovecraft uh of uh, way and and the other half is sort of a sunset strip trash talk backstage reminiscent uh stuff i've seen stuff that you know people backstage in the in the in the in the arena world you know what the shit that goes on basically the the good the bad the ugly the wine the women the song i mean you know i try to i try to make it as real as as uh as it is you know what i mean or where it was and um that's kind of it
0: now the first one sold out correctly am i right
2: yeah yeah and i'm writing a fourth book and um and the other two Angst for the memories and unhappy endings are available at jizzypearl.net. That's and, a great um, fucking
0: that is a great fucking title, Angst for the right? Memories. That's great. Yeah. I love that.
2: Originally the the title of the book was going to be Caligula, Fran and Ollie, but I didn't think that people would get it. So I just changed it. Yeah. Thanks for the memories and unhappy endings. They're, they're great books and they're available at jizzypearl.net. And, and, uh, my fourth book is, is two thirds done. And that one will be out probably January of next year.
0: Very cool. Now you got a new single coming out too.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Tomorrow or uh, Tuesday.
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, want to be somebody off my um, off my uh, Golden Robot record release, and the record's going to be called Hell California, and uh, I guess that comes out in February of next year as well. So, and there'll be another single. You know what I mean?
1: I heard in- the, I heard the Soul Mama track that you dropped. Uh, I want to say back in May for it. It's it's awesome. Uh, it's definitely yeah, an awesome track. You know,
2: it's 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 heavy, dude. It's 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 it was me trying to do a back in black, you know what I mean? Just simple drums, bass, you know, and screeching vocals, my trademark.
1: (laughs) Over the course of your career now, like I said, I mentioned the bands that you've been a part of. And if you look back over the decades, if you had to pick three songs that you've performed, whether it's ones that you wrote with love, hate or songs with other bands, what would be three of your favorite songs to go out on stage and sing for people?
2: (sighs) Well, uh, Blackout in the Red Room is obviously at the top of the list. I really enjoyed singing and Rat um, for a while until it wasn't fun. Um, but I really enjoyed singing and rap because they have so many good songs. I mean, yeah. I really lay it down, round and round, uh, Slip of the Lip love and use a dirty job way cool jr i mean you you could literally have an entire set of music and not one filler song so that was pretty fun for me to do for a while and we were playing you know arenas and big places and stuff so it was that was a killer time like i said until it wasn't but uh but i enjoy singing metal health you know what i mean It, it always and and That I like that song and and uh and you know come and feel the noise is always gets that killer response. So
0: you know, that's always fun too. What was the point that it didn't become fun anymore with rat?
2: When certain people just became too much too much to take, shall Mm. we say? I mean, I don't wanna I don't wanna sit and drag anyone's name through the dirt. I don't I that's not my style, but You know, personalities notwithstanding, uh, without mentioning names, it got to be a little intolerable after six and a half years. And so I decided to leave.
1: Well, it's interesting because anyone that's been in a band knows that a band is kind of like your second marriage outside of your real one. You're married to these people that you're in a band with. And when you kind of enter in to a marriage as kind of the new guy, singing these songs that they had written as part of maybe their former spouse or something there, there has to be a a strange dynamic to it that I wonder if after a certain time maybe reared its ugly head or whatever you'd want to call it.
2: No, I just think people's personalities. I just think that um, a lot of times bands that have been together a long time, uh, they just don't get along. You know what I mean? They just fight all the time. And generally the fights are about stupid shit from 30 or 40 years ago. It's not, you know, it, it manifests itself in like, I want that song in the set. Fuck you. I want that song in the set. But it really, it comes from 30 or 40 years of, of just being forced to be chained to people that maybe you weren't, you know what I mean? That you weren't, mm-hmm. uh, Really friends with, and as far as me joining and coming into bands, you know, it's generally just been as a hired gun, you know what I mean? Here, mm-hmm. I get paid for singing these songs, like in Rat, or you know, LA Guns was more of a band thing. I mean, there was more democracy back then with Tracy and stuff like that, but other bands, it's just understood, you know, you it's business. You know it's business you 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 show up you you do your gig
0: and you know that's it whenever i have a, a musician on i like to ask them this question and it could be living or dead so now you're the singer obviously you can pick your ultimate all-star band that you play with and you go on the road with and you make an album with so you can pick two guitar players or one or a bass player and a drummer who is your ultimate band ah. that you would put together i
2: don't know I you know I've seen these questions posed pose to people before and um I don't have a dream band I've played with great guitar players Tracy and Warren Martini. um I've had the experience of playing with amazing musicians just in jams and and solo things and stuff like that amazing musicians you know, um, so there is, there is no dream band in, 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 as far as I'm concerned, I've, I've got to play with a lot of great people and, uh, and, uh, I, I've, 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 I'm fulfilled.
0: That was the answer I was expecting. Some people, <laughs> some people will always say, no, you know, it's, it's my band now. And I call them on their bullshit. And I'm like, you know what? You're full of shit. You just don't want to piss your band off. But that was, well, that was a good, that was, a was a good guys. answer.
2: I mean, a lot of guys, oh, I want to play with Prince. You know, well, Prince would not want to play with you. <laughs> right. Right. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, you, you get the, you get the experience of playing with a lot of people. Or, I do over the years. And I, and I cherish those experiences because um, when you're on stage with somebody, it's like you're both in a luge going down the the icy thing and and the twists and turns and and uh and it's an amazing thing and and as i said i've got to play with uh great musicians bass players drummers guitar players you know what i mean so so i've had some you know good times anything else
0: brian
1: no, man, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing Hell, California next year. And now apparently another Quiet Riot album as well. So there's um, going to be a lot of stuff that and the new book. So it's going to be 2022 yeah. is shaping up to be a very busy year for you.
2: Well, barring a lockdown, I would have to <laughs> agree with you. But uh, yeah, the books are available at jizzypro.net. My Golden Robot single comes out next week called Want to Be Somebody. And uh it's killer. I mean my rec- of course everyone says that their new record is killer, and it's the best thing they've ever done, but I mean it <laughs> <laughs> Very and cool. uh yeah, fourth book and and if people want to check out my books, if they're intrigued by my uh wicked sense of reality, then they should go check them out and uh maybe they might dig them
0: Well, jizzy, thank you so much for coming on the episode, man. It was a real it was a real pleasure. A real good pleasure. And, uh, everybody go to jizzypearl.net. Check out the uh, new music coming out, check out the books you can get on sale. I think the first one you said is sold out. Are you repressing it?
2: No, I don't think so. I think, I think, uh, that comes under the you snooze, you lose.
0: Yeah. I hear you. Well, again, Brian from the playlist Wars podcast, thank you so much for filling in for, uh, Jeff on this podcast. I greatly My pleasure, appreciate man. Thank it. Thank you for having me. And uh, guys, keep liking the page, subscribe to the podcast, and uh, we will see you next week. Thank you guys both coming on for the show. Okay, ma'am. Later.
1: Take care.